0: Welcome back to Fits and Starts, the show about work and entrepreneurship and what it means to shape a career for yourself in the 21st century and how to stay sane in the process. I'm John Drexler, and as you might recall, we're doing a, kind of a weird thing for uh, the second sprint of the show, the second set of 10 episodes where we're having a rotating third host. Uh, we wanted to bring in some extra voices, some people who do totally different kinds of work than Daniel and I, since Daniel and I are both on the... Uh, kind of tech side, Daniel doing programming and me doing the venture capital. And uh, so this week we have a super interesting guest, Kelly Walker. Kelly's an artist up in Baltimore. Uh, she started off doing, you know what, I'm not even going to tell her story. She tells her story really well, and it's actually super interesting. But she's a, she's an artist, and she's done some really interesting work with interior design and uh, designing the insides of uh, retail spaces and restaurants and uh, many other uh, really interesting things. So she'll get into that and it's fascinating what she does and the team that she's assembled and uh, some of the work she's done up in Baltimore in the area. Um, a quick note though, about this episode, unfortunately we have run into our first major technical snafu. Uh looks like there was a mic problem over on uh, Daniel's side. Daniel and Kelly were in the room together and something went wrong. So, Please excuse the terrible sound quality on that side. That is uh, just, you know, stuff happens. So uh won't happen again, but bear with us for this one episode because the conversation was interesting, so we wanted to put it out anyways. Anyhow, uh, thanks so much for listening, and uh, if you ever have any questions for us or comments or you want to tell us shows terrible or whatever, just uh, tweet at us. Hello.
1: Can you tell me what the point of the podcast is? Oh, gosh. fits <laughs> and Starts is about... It's all about work. Yeah, it's nice having some,
2: like, younger people who talk about... The struggles of being 20-something and kind of feeling somewhat nomadic. There's got to be an angle. What's the angle? They cover a wide range of topics. Sometimes they get off track, but that's okay. <laughs> Sorry.
1: Fits and Starts. Fits and Starts. Fits and Starts is... Yeah, can we wrap this up in five minutes? i got to watch Jeopardy. Wait, what? What? What?
0: One of the reasons that I think we were interested to do uh, a conversation with you and to to kind of pick your brain a little bit is fascinated by this idea of having a passion and having something that uh, you're very good at uh, and having something in this case, in your case, visual art, uh, where you have a lot of skill and you've been working on it for, you know, many, many years. And you turn that thing into a day job where you're now working as a freelancer, effectively, you know, finding your own clients, doing your own billing, managing your own time. And all of a sudden this thing that was a passion for you is now a job and maybe a job that you occasionally hate doing or, you know, get tired yeah. of or <laughs> whatever else. So I'm curious, like to, to pick your brain a little bit on that. Cause that seems like a really interesting dynamic. And I'm, I'm curious, like, are there days you go in and just hate it?
2: It's ti ty- It's very tiring. Um, yeah and it's it's shocking to me it's still it's still is tripping me out that I'm becoming as successful as I am I cannot go a day without a new client or a new a text message or a Facebook message or an email of somebody wanting something mm. um, I'm getting more and more into the commercial sector which is a whole other ball of stress and reading blueprints and navigating tra- you know different trades and upping insurance policies and I mean it's been mm it's been an amazing ride. It's been, uh, I've been on my own since 2002. I started my company in the back seat of a Ma- Nissan Maxima four wheel drive, like four, four door, um, sedan kind of car. And now, you know, I've got this huge warehouse and, you know, 10 tiers of scaffolding and, you know, it's amazing to see how far it's come. Um, and I'm still shocked, you know, some days I'm like, wow, you know, we're getting, we're getting retweeted. We're getting, know, Instagram love from, you know, some of the best designers in town. Like what an amazing, ex- what an amazing journey. Hmm. Um, and it, it takes a very specific, it takes a really certain personality. I mean, one of the things that separates me from most artists is I have mad hustle. I mean, I just got hmm. so much hmm. hustle and that's really what it takes. I mean, you have to be driven um, and you have to try and you have to fail and you have to get up and do it again. And, and I'm relentless, thank goodness, because... Um, I'm self-taught. I, have, you know, I have no formal education. I stopped going to school in ninth grade. I just took off and hitchhiked and went all over the country and was feral, basically <laughs> feral. <laughs> um, you know, and I ended up in Baltimore. It was really totally by accident. I didn't even know I was an artist. I didn't even know that you could be an artist. Mm-hmm. You know, that was something. That was an occupation. And I grew up in a small town, uh, Midwest and the South. And I didn't know any artists at all. I never went to a museum. I mean, I was completely sheltered until I ended up in Baltimore, and I met artists. And I was like, "Oh, this is what's wrong with me. Like, <laughs> I have this brain. Like, I'm an artist. This makes sense." And I started making things, and people liked them and wanted to buy them. And I was amazed, you know. And it was, it was, it was the selling of the work that gave me courage to continue to keep trying. So I'm very grateful. So the money and the artwork kind of came hand in hand for me. Um, without one, the other one wouldn't have continued. I don't think I would have had the, the, the wherewithal to continue to pursue creating what I was creating back then. Hmm. If people weren't like, I'll give you 50 bucks for that. You want to show this in my bar? Yeah. And, you know, and making some money and being like, okay, this is like, le- this is legit. So it would, it would make sense, you know, because making art feels like playtime a lot. Right. Um, Sometimes my personal practice, when I just go lose my mind in the studio um, and just paint for myself, not for a client, just for me, you know, sometimes I get caught up in, um, you know, the time it's taking and do I have the time to sacrifice for this personal practice when I know I have a commission to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's such an interesting idea because I, I feel like um, space is something that we experience a lot without always thinking about it, and it's kind of your job to think about it. Uh, it's And it's interesting to, like, you get to go sort of, like, briefly inhabit somebody's space and then fundamentally change it, uh, and you're thinking about, you know, the, the mind space that they'll be in when they're in that physical space, you're thinking about how they'll use it, um, you're thinking about lighting, you're thinking about the other practical considerations, and it's just interesting to me because it seems like it's one of those things where... Um, a dummy like me, like I don't spend that much time thinking about it or thinking about how it's affecting like my brain or my work or whatever else, but it does seem like really hugely important. And so it's, it's, it's a really interesting, like field for me to think about right now that the, to have people like you who are really experts at like taking somebody else's space and refining it and making it better for them. There's something really like uh kind of like redemptive and interesting about that.
2: Right, and and using what you have and like kind of like the restaurant was, okay, we have these walls, they're brick, they're huge. They could be so much prettier if we did this. Uh, We need new tabletops. These floors are dated and old and this tabletop is awful and this old cherry wood is depressing. If we had a lighter top, top, like and just knowing a little bit about what your eye goes to when you walk into a room Hmm. and the way a light can dictate a space and the way a color can dictate, I mean, fundamentally, you know, when you're in a well-designed, clean space, your food tastes better. Like you just the hmm. energy. There's a different oh. energy in a, a space that's thoughtfully curated, and it's very much like making art. It's you know, it's when you're you know, there's composition involved with with the space, with the room, um, and also with the painting that you're working with. And where does this dark need to come from? And where does the light need to come from? And or where is it? Where do they need to be on the relationship to the same surface? Hmm. So all those things are playing a part. And it's been really interesting and cool to watch my work evolve and grow as I've evolved and grown as an adult Hmm. and watch,
0: Hmm.
2: you know, and getting refined and what my weaknesses are, what my strengths are and how can I hone those things to, to make myself more efficient, to have more time. When I I do these, when I have these opportunities to like get, sit back and get outside of myself and tell my story and kind of relive Hmm. um, these years, it's like, it's shocking. I think about, working out of my apartment in my nissan maximo with a little ladder and um (laughs) and and like two drop cloths, you know and trying to trying to figure out if i wanted to be a house painter or a decorative painter knowing that i was an artist but i needed to pay the bills so i would do a straight painting job which i loathe just regular house painting Hmm. it makes me lose my mind i just cannot do (laughs) it now i just can't stand it it just i don't have that brain I, it's like i can do it for about half a day and then i am like completely over it but what i do with the with making you know taking some of those same materials and like manipulating them in a different way it doesn't feel like the constraints of like making a perfect line hmm. even though you know you have to have a perfect line like you're still doing something different there's a rebelliousness to it that i really am hmm. very grateful i
1: found hmm. can i figure out some like assumptions I've had <laughs> about you
2: yeah
1: okay so I know that you like you know like hitchhiked and got around right yeah. um I know that you to some extent were related to like the graffiti scene somewhere in that I know you've got a lot of stickers up in this city I that that other people put up for you um <laughs> yeah. well. but like to what extent was like that were you like did you start there because, so, like, I know, like, a lot of, like, train kids and stuff, like, that's what they end up doing, right?
2: Right. So, yeah, I mean, that my my youth, mm-hmm. I mean, homeless teenager, runaway at 15, like, and I love that whole street scene, and mm-hmm. I loved, like, getting f***ed up all right, can I cuss on the Mm -hmm, podcast? Like just getting loaded and like playing and having a, having a good time out there and, and, you know, drinking and doing drugs. And then I was friends with these graffiti Mm -hmm. artists and I can't draw. I still Mm -hmm. can't draw. I have no drawing skills. I mean, I've often thought about taking an art class just to, or a drawing class just so that I could do an architectural rendering. So I can say, I think that this line, you know, like this piece of furniture would look great if you had a table like this and, and be able to draw that. And I really don't have any skills. And I, Honestly, I never took an art class my my whole life because I couldn't draw. So, and I thought all artists had to draw. So, you know, there's all these old ideas that I didn't even know I, you know, had. But um, these graffiti kids, I mean, I still, to this day, I love graffiti. I think it's a necessary element in all real urban landscapes. I mean, it's, it's hmm. important. Hmm. It was done with respect, which, it, you know, most of the people, you know, know how to do it. And they don't, you know, graffiti somebody's private vehicle. They're being a public space, or you know, it's, a, it's a reaction to man. <laughs> mm-hmm. But there's also mm-hmm. an art form, and I think it's super important. It means you're living in an actual city with some actual thinkers and people that are creative and hustling. The, and I love the, you know, the, I've always been very like obsessed with like who, who the graffiti kids are. And I don't really, I met a couple of them over the years, but like the ones with the work ethic that I can t- totally relate to. Like Eli was maybe. Ten years ago, there was this guy named Eli, and I was just obsessed with him. No matter where I looked, I'd see an Eli sticker. I love that. Yeah. I, mean, I just, I just love that. I, I love that whole, you know, getting around and mm-hmm. leaving your mark
0: mm-hmm.
2: and making something pretty. Yeah. Which
0: is which is it, it's just it's super interesting to me because that's exactly what you do now professionally. Yep, it is. It's super. Totally. In, it's Ex- super interesting.
2: Except it's during the day,
0: uh-huh. and I'm <laughs> sleeping at
2: night. <laughs> and
0: you
1: get paid for it.
2: <laughs> and I get paid for it. Yeah
1: so i wonder if there's a way that i can specifically mute kelly that's kind of rude john kick it off will you boom kelly is a woman about town during my lunch i was i felt the call to use the restroom and as i did i was surrounded by the work of kelly walker at the r house in remington
2: i knew i was right and i was right and she saw it and was like wow you're right (laughs)
1: The dog is scratching herself. <laughs> I'm gonna restart that. <laughs> um, but yeah, John and I have both talked a little bit about this. you kidding me, dog? She's wearing a cone and she's scratching the cone. <laughs> Every time I start talking, she goes, For a death dog. Maybe she's here. Maybe Charlotte's here. I think Charlotte
2: is here. My ex girlfriend made like 6,000 I Love Kelly Walker stickers and like put them up all over Baltimore. Um, and they became this thing, and it was really sweet. And but everybody thought I was an arrogant b- that I was I did it. And <laughs> I'm like, I, I really didn't do that. That was like the most romantic thing anybody's ever done to me for me to date. Um, but I inherited. I've got a few left. There's like eight left.
1: Nice. Out of like six thousand. <laughs> I feel like most people in Baltimore who know your name probably know it because of the stickers.
2: Well, like it's subliminal, right? Like yeah. even if you even if you haven't been really gather like i love marketing i'm also really fascinated by marketing and like i mean there's a science to it that you know
1: well that's the crazy so we've talked on here before about like personal brand right and like it's kind of a gross concept and like i kind of like want to jump off of a building every time i think about like building my personal brand (laughs) and like do i really want to be the guy who's like worried about building a personal brand but then on the other side of it it's like if i ever want to like do something independently besides just be an employee.
2: Right.
1: Like I have to. Yeah. You know? Especially on the internet. Like
2: Totally. You understand.
1: know? And so I'm like fascinated by it. And I, like also I'm like disgusted by the prospect of like having to like do it. And you've done it in a way that almost seems like accidental. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And like
2: I don't know. It's like the art world is so funny. It's like those people just hate me. Like I cannot get a show in Baltimore to save my life. Like they just <laughs> I mean they'll ask me to put my work in their things when they want to make money cuz they yeah. sell work mm-hmm. but um it's been like that's been a little I've had a bitter pill with that mm-hmm. like um you know calling myself an art star the business is mm-hmm. called art star custom Works. I'm not the whole the whole premise of that was how ridiculous that thought right. was Right it's
1: like an arrogant concept but
2: people who don't know that yeah. think I'm just a total p- and I mean you know I'm like well that's not really how it started. Andy Warhol said that word, and I loved Andy Warhol because he was just so, you know, thumbing your nose around about, you know, this pretentious world. Um, anyway, so yeah, the art star thing. People, you know, were like, "Oh, she's just horrible," and I'm like, "Hopefully, I'm living." The, the people actually know that. You know. Mm-hmm. But build, brand building kind of happens accidentally, and it happens with your personality and just like continuing to do one thing. Mm -hmm. Like something, a little bit of something each day, just a little bit of something, Mm -hmm. which has been, uh, my whole life's mission lately. I mean, the past 20 years of my life have been one day at a time making tiny little changes that you don't even notice, you know, sending out some energy in a way that you're, you know, maybe conscious of, maybe not, but like trying to do something positive, trying to do something helpful.
0: You know, I was listening to an interesting podcast episode the other day on A16Z. It was this. It was a publicist or somebody talking about personal brand, and I was having the same kind of reaction that Daniel was just having, which is just like, "Oh, this is so gross! Like, who? What a annoying buzzword!" But the point she made, she she said a lot of really smart things. Well, the, the The point that she said that really stood out to me was like kind of what we've talked about on here before with like company culture too. Is like it it does kind of happen by accident and it's there whether you want it to be there or not. So like, it's kind of up to you to decide, like, do you want it to be something cool and interesting or do you just want to like, let it go and see where that takes you? Or do you want to like try to be intentional about it, which is really interesting. Um, But the thing that makes a brand interesting is like a conflict, some kind of tension. Uh, Which is really interesting because she was like, you know, if you just say like, hey, I'm the person who's really great at sales, like that's not an interesting brand, right? An interesting brand is like what you have going on where it's like you, you know, have been involved in this other scene and you uh, are like kind of like funny and self-deprecating, but you put together these like kind of like really beautiful and sort of like meditative pieces that make spaces better and more pleasant. And it's like this like interesting, like tension between like who you're projecting yourself to be and your work and the way it improves different spaces. It's like, and I, I think there's something really interesting about that. And it's made me want to think, I, I, I backpedal a little bit from being so negative on
2: that buzzword. So there's the thing called a shadow career where that Stephen Pressfield talks about in his book, the art of the war of art. Um, and I've been reading some of him lately and now i'm on his book called turning pro and it's funny because like i've been a professional for for a long time but i'm starting to finally see how these two businesses that i have and these two things that i do for for money that i do have this rebellion like the decorative painting company it's like i'm catering to a client or designer specific style and what mm-hmm. they want and i'm giving them what they want and it creates this tension because i have to i have to do that and there's a little bit, of, I mean, I enjoy the plastering. I enjoy the, the layering of materials that I use. I enjoy the, the hustle of getting to the job on time and getting into the commercial site and getting, you know, all the, all the hustle behind it. I enjoy that. But when I come home and do my, and work on my personal practice, it's like I can finally rebel from that world hmm. and then make these paintings that with products that should not mix, that you're not supposed to mix that are that make me laugh every time that I figure out some new thing, which for me, it's like, I mean, I, I just mix the weirdest on canvas and I make the coolest things happen and they used to be happy accidents. And then I started realizing that, Oh, when I do this, this happens. That's when I became a pro. It's like, Mm. Oh, when I do this and I spray this into that, this happens, that result takes place and now I can force that to happen. And then it became, you know, conscious of what I was doing and, and it wasn't just such a rebellious explosion of energy. Now it's like an explosion of energy that's honed. And there's somewhat of an intention there mm. now. Mm. Um, but still has the same kind of rawness that my my early work did. But it's more polished. And so as a result, you know, I'm getting more, I'm making more sales. I'm getting more shows. I'm you know, doing more stuff with the work. Interesting, but like I, I'd never considered that I needed that. I, I need the tension of the two businesses. Yeah. Just like freelancing, you know, if you are really fed by something or doing your podcast and you, you know, your nine to five is what pays you, but this is really what you're excited about. You know, it's like, you know, and I, and you look forward to doing it. Um, you know, is there a way that you can make a living at it? I mean, one of my my new things is that I, I, you know, I love to exercise. Hmm. I'm not sure. You know, I don't know if I'm supposed to at some point get certified as, you know, lose some weight. I mean, I've I've got a thing with my body. It's been, you know, the work that I do and the the lifestyle that I live is very difficult to have any kind of consistency. Hmm. And as a result, you know, I don't have the body I've, I've had in the past and I'm not happy with it. And so, you know, I'm bringing that into prayer. I'm thinking about that in meditation. I'm, you know, asking for intuitive thought or decision on what to do with that bit of information. Um, and made some small goals, like, you know, signed up for a 240 mile bike ride and what? Know, got to start, got to start training. And that's nothing. I mean, I used to ride that in, a, you know, in two weeks is what I, you know, that's the kind of bike riding I used to do. How
0: is that split up? Is that like over like three days?
2: Yeah, it's actually, it, once, it is right? actually three okay. days. It's, um, yeah, it's a hundred miles and a hundred miles and then 40 miles. That's awesome. Where is but, it? You know, um, it's. It's, um, from, we ride from Baltimore to Rehoboth, no, from Baltimore to Ocean City and then from Ocean City back to Baltimore. That's and awesome. It's for, um, an AIDS charity. Um, there are just amazing people. And like that bike ride has saved me because, you know, I haven't been on my bike in probably five months because life has been, you know, there has not been time because of the work's been abundant and, yep. you, you know, I just have not been able to do it.
0: Do you feel like I, 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 I'm really, uh, I've been really lazy for most of my life and I've only recently started, uh, running and biking more like intentionally during the week. Uh, do you feel like you, you think better or do better work when you're physically active?
2: Oh my God. Hands down. My, my face looks different when I, exercise. (laughs) I I went to spin class on Tuesday and my girlfriend was like, I can tell you exercised. Like I had a therapist once tell me I'm not going to see you anymore until you start exercising. Like literally she's like the difference in your, in your energy is just night and day. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. You need to help me convince dumbass.
0: Daniel to, uh, to start doing something.
2: He's all long. He's all long and lean. Like <laughs> he sucks. Like yeah. I get my jeans start getting tight and I'm like, Oh, I, I-, I gotta, I gotta start running. Let's go buy running shoes. Let's, let's sign up for that yoga class. Let's, you know, let's do something. Um, <laughs> this guy's like, stupid tall i'm
1: skinny fat though are you oh yeah are dude. you doughy uh-huh i'm
2: doughy
1: full <laughs> <little> dough ball
2: <laughs> i don't believe you i do not believe you at all
0: mm. you, yeah, damn, you you, no, you I, mean like uh, cheeseburgers and high fructose corn syrup for breakfast yeah look at him <laughs>
1: yeah it's, it's literally I, i'm all fructose all this <laughs> uh yeah no I, I i gotta start doing some honestly tbh but uh
0: You'll feel better. I feel like you'll do better work.
2: Figure it
1: out.
2: It's like... It's
1: like hard to make a serious, like, transition. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah. It's super hard.
1: And the words of Nike... It's like you only have
2: so much energy. Like, you only have so much energy in a day. And that's where I get pissed, because I used to be able to do a lot more, and now I'm starting to slow down, and I'm like, oh, no. Like, I have to really... Man, I have to, like mentalize what i'm doing and how much i'm spending here and there i need to be able to have time for self-care it's so important yeah. so important
0: we made a few references to meditation and um i've had i've sort of like dabbled in meditation and i've had good experience with it and uh i have been trying to get more plugged in and try to get a little bit more disciplined about it but i'm curious because i know daniel has dabbled as well it sounds like kelly like you're a little more serious about it or a little bit more like routine about it. I'm curious for both of you, like how mindfulness and meditation have like played into your work or just your week and staying sane while you're getting a lot
2: of work done. Well I, I, my first, it's only been about five years that I've been doing this consistently. Um, but the five years before that, the 10 years before that, that I had this business, I, the, the comparison between my anxiety and stress level and the way I operate today is the difference is night and day. I mean, it's just, I, I just used to be so anxiety ridden and so afraid mm. about the next job and how much money and was it going to make the bill? I mean, just the fear and the gnawing anxiety, it was just unbelievable. And I started putting this into practice because I had to, you know, I had to, I had to find a way to live without that fear knowing me so that I could create and do what I did. Because when I got in those peaceful moments, I mean, it was like I could make good stuff happen, but I couldn't stay there. And, and so it was like, you know, a day at a time, I have to do something and I can always tell like my, my, my patience level changes when I'm skimping Mm. on my prayer meditation. Mm. Um, I'm super, I'm much more frantic and hurried, Um, not present in what I'm doing and the task at hand. Um, it's just, it's interesting today's, you know, I meditated before I got here tonight cause I, so I get anxiety, you know, I get, I don't want to, I don't want to, I want to come from a you know, an honest place mm-hmm. and like not have an ego involved in this experience, you know, not ruin it by fear or, or ego or whatever. And, and so I got quiet cause I know that I need to do that. And just six minutes, just quietly sitting, um, and just trying to turn it over. giving it to powers greater than me because I feel like I tap into those when I'm painting too Hmm. Hmm. and when I'm biking I mean I I could be in the weight room at the gym and just like get so quiet and like you know have some really good ideas
1: do you do it every day
2: I do that's awesome
1: I've now got like three different things that remind me to meditate in the morning, like at different times, like 15 minutes apart, in right. case I ignored one of them, <laughs> Right. you know, and it's like, the reason I'm implementing all this is just like, I li- I cannot live like that, you know, yeah. like, and like, I do it to myself, it's not like anyone's doing this to me, like, my boss does not want me to work this much, you know, like, I, I'm in this situation, and like, often, like, I, you know... I'm the one who's obsessing, you know, it's like, it's not anyone asking me to obsess for them. Um, and so like when I do, it's so crazy. It's ridiculous how much of a difference. Like if I decide at the beginning of the day that like, okay, I'm first, I'm going to meditate. Second of all, like if I decide to like recognize throughout today, that today does like accomplishing things today, the motivation behind that doesn't need to be like fear of it can be like the love of like doing service for the people around me, right? You know what I'm saying? Or, I mean, and I work remotely, so they're not actually around me. Right. But you know, like mm-hmm. the the people I interact with, right? It's like my coworkers, yeah. Once you take it from stuff. like
2: a job, like a job to a service. Well, and like I'm we just start ringing. being so
1: self obsessed, oh, right? To decide that like my work is about me all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like so mm-hmm. maybe sometimes my work isn't about like me and this whole navel gazing. About how I work and my process, and all you know, we do a f- podcast about this, and like I enjoy it, so it's interesting. But like, my work doesn't actually just have to be about like my work all the time. The show's not about the show. Right. We're <laughs> right. um, talking about the show on the show, John. Um,
0: right. There's been some interesting work about that is like the that we reference a lot um, in our line of business. We, you know, a huge part of what we do is like look at other businesses all day and decide whether or not we want to invest in them. It's this interesting thing that comes up a lot that we there's been some like cool academic research on too is like this whole idea of like why you're doing what you're doing and uh I think a lot of it does come down to w- when people are aiming for something tra- transcendent that is uh bigger than themselves, bigger than the organization they're working for, when they're moving towards something that feels meaningful uh and transcendent that that is like the ultimate way to run a business right and that's like the ultimate way to like get your stuff done and to attract good people is that whole idea of just having something like much much bigger than your ego your ego is just like such small potatoes compared to whatever this thing is that you're working on um and i i think you know short of having that your work can just drive you mad your work will just grind you down right
2: i love that that's how you guys decide what companies to invest in is if that is a part of the equation with the company if there's a bigger, is that what you were saying? Yeah, it now is. And, the venture it, capital?
0: and, and, and part of it is, you know, part of it is like, uh, cause we think that's the right thing. And then part of it is also just like selfish. Like we've seen so many companies fail and that's a really common threat. is like, if you have a leader who is kind of like setting that tone to say like, Here's the here's the big thing that we're moving towards. That like those are that's just selfishly in terms of us like you know getting our money back. Those companies do better. You know the proof is kind of in the pudding on those.
2: Yeah, like if you're only thinking about money, it's not the same thing as driven by I'm excited.
0: Mm-hmm, I'm excited mm-hmm, about this mm-hmm. project.
2: I'm excited about what I can bring here. Let's let's put a mural there. Let's do this. Yeah, this could be awesome. <laughs> And I was a bike messenger when I got
1: into doing decorative painting. Two Dave Chappelle specials that came out, we watched them back to back, which was awesome. You know, we just, like, the
0: only, down there the only we thing start. better than one Dave Chappelle special. Is two. <laughs> two Dave Chappelle specials.
2: <laughs> Sorry guys, It was all business.
1: That's right. <laughs> no, it's good, it's good.
2: Fits and starts, that's a great that's a great name. I always say that that's how I work.
1: Yeah. Fits and yeah. starts, in the studio that's right. at
2: least.
0: Yeah, I'm all I'm all paranoid about fabrics right now. I'm washing like everything I own because of this poison
1: oak. UPS's main thing is what can brand do for you? Yeah, there <laughs> you <laughs> go. <laughs>
2: there you go. Was that a joke that I missed? It was not. Because that was pretty funny. I right?
1: accidentally led to it. Did you?
0: <laughs> this is this is all that, that. was a long con to get to that punchline. Only During our intermission, yellow. Kelly acquired a hat.
2: I did. I have a hat now.
0: Oh, what does it? Does that say anything on it?
2: It's like a really. It's like an oversized yarmulke. I love it. <laughs>
1: there was a while there where I would keep trying to like outside. So I have like a day job. Right. And at this point I had a different day job, but it was still a day job. Right. And I would keep trying to take on small WordPress websites as freelance projects. And I basically learned that I can't do that because the sort of client expectation management and time management and having a life like all at the same time for what at the end of the day is like not very much money. Right. But like when you're like, if I had that much money in my hand right now, that would feel awesome. <laughs> you know, like it would be <laughs> great to have like X number of dollars currently in my hand. Um, but doing the work for it, basically either they're going to un- end up unhappy or I'm going to end up unhappy. And I have to, like, make the decision, like, two weeks into this project whether I'm going to disappoint the person who's paying me money <laughs> or whether I'm just be miserable. Um, and so I just decided I don't freelance anymore because it just makes me tired, you know? And it's like, if I'm going to disappoint someone, I would rather it, like, be me on a side project that I chose to do or be someone who's not paying me any money, you mm-hmm. know? Like, mm-hmm. I would rather, like, do things for people for free Right. then like
2: to have that expectation even, Yeah,
1: it's like having one boss is enough you know
2: <laughs> well that's the piece like people are like oh you're self-employed you don't have any bosses I'm like no 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 I'm self-employed and everybody's my boss
0: Everybody. <laughs> I hadn't because every that way. person
2: I meet you know every person I meet is a potential client you know there's a potential sale there there's a there's a relationship to be built and so you're on hundred percent of the time and that is you know that's a personality trait that's a, style of personality that I'm very blessed to have and I'm very grateful that I have that I have you know super fast mind and and I genuinely like people and so and I found that there are plenty of other people that are doing similar work to me that aren't nearly as successful and I think well maybe they are maybe they are I do not really know what their their personal what they what they look like but I don't think they're turning out the amount of work I mean I make a lot of work because of this fiery personality I have I just, you know, when I get a chance to paint and I have a huge space and I just, I'll work on four or five paintings at a time, they won't all complete in one session. It'll be like a month of like walking by and dropping some color and walking by and adding this and walking by and putting something there and, you know, different energies. And then eventually it's it's finished and then I get this photo shoot and it's usually about once a month I'm making, you know, 10 paintings, hmm. which is amazing. That's a lot of work um, for somebody who's also working this shadow career that actually pays the bills, um, that, you know, my, my personal practice does not pay the bills. And, it, and someday when my body wears out and my mind gets over it, i mean either, there's going to be a road coming and I've been fantasizing about what else I could do, because I think I have the kind of personality that no matter what I decide to do, just like everybody, you know, we can make that happen for ourselves if we do the work my business partner, who's not really my business partner, she's just my work wife. And we've been working together for 15 years. And she's in her, she's 45. And she is, her body is falling apart. Like this business is very difficult, hmm. up and down scaffolding, hmm. you know, working above your head, your neck, your arms, your knees, like it's, it's tiring. And I'm, I'm like, that's my future. I'm like, I've only got a couple more years, I got to play this right. And And, you know, and that's, you know, I'm very practical and I'm super lucky that I came from my people, like my family are, you know, blue collar factory working folk, like simple people. So
1: that's super interesting. So this is like, so I'm a programmer, right? And there's like, there's a similar thing for programmers, not as much that like your body will break, but like programmers get replaced by like younger, hungrier kids, Right. And they're like there's always a genius twenty two year old to take your place. Someone I forget who it was, someone I heard said like, there's no old junkies, you know? Like just they just die or right. they stop, you know? Right. And so it's like I think there's like there's not really old programmers, you know? It's like you either like realize you didn't actually want to be a programmer, this was just a way to like have an income when you were young and like you happen to know how to program, or like you taught yourself to program and you ended up with a career and then like you transition out of that into like some sort of a management job or something. Right. right? Or like you like, there's lots of people who are like programmers who then end up like in some sort of advisory role to other programmers. Right. Or like they end up as like, you know, and then there's a lot of people who end up like running their own firms or something where like they're consulting or something. So it's like where you're at, it's like, I mean, I think like the natural move, right, is like you've built a pretty good brand, you already have employees, like you're strong. People like you're not doing all the work yourself, right? So And it's and people are comfortable with that, right? It's like it's it's not like people expect you out there on your knees painting their walls every day.
2: They want me there. But literally today we had um we had a job, in, and Nikki just did all the work. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was basically doing all the work. I was catching up for, e- I was catching up emails. I was sending things to my assistant to price, sending things to invoices to go out, photographs on Instagram, retweeting things, like doing all the stuff. i mm-hmm. like setting up my assistant to do all, all that stuff mostly, and she just does it for me. Um, but I have to feed her the ideas, like because she's not going to just do it. I just have mm-hmm. to feed her the stuff. Um, so I'm catching up on all that. I barely painted today, yeah. like. Nikki mostly just held it down while oh. I did all the other stuff. And she doesn't want any part of that. She mm-hmm. doesn't want to talk to the clients. She doesn't want to call the people back. Um, she just wants to quietly work. I need another Nikki. I'm at the mm-hmm. point where I need a number three. And for us to have a number three has been tricky. Mm. And like, it's really hard to find people. So part of me is like, do I hire this $30 an hour person who makes me furious because they're such a pothead that they cannot pay attention? Like, they're talented but they take a lot of energy to manage. Or do I get you know, an $18 an hour person and train them? I'm in that place, like, management-wise, of like, what's the next move? Because I'm too tired, I can't do it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All, I need, all, I, all I need is one win, and then I'm done. <laughs> right. But I'm just not even picking up the first one. Are you in California?
0: I'm in California.
1: We were muted. John, are you here?
0: <laughs> yeah. I was listening the, uh, t- I gotta tell you guys, I, uh, I got, I think I got Poison Oak this weekend. It has been, uh, it has been a not very pleasant, uh, experience so far. And it has been like, a uh, it's been like a like a, this monumental achievement of, uh, focus and meditation for me to not be like scratching at
2: myself like a feral
1: cat right now. <laughs> <laughs> like you gotta show deference to the appropriate people yes. at the right time exactly. you gotta kiss some rings
2: super charming like it's all about being charming I thought I made career suicide but in fact did not
1: it all worked out that's good Thank god that's like a common thread for me I love to tell people how badly they're running their successful business
0: right. I've heard people really love to hear about that when when someone comes in and tells them about that
1: they're like hey you're, you're new here how do you think I'm doing yeah. <laughs> exactly Dear
2: sir. When I get burned out, tired, I'm tired. I need a nap. <laughs> I do love naps. I love a nap. Oh, God, I can nap.
0: Have you tried the, have you tried the coffee nap? Oh, yeah,
1: the coffee naps. Do you know about the coffee naps? What? Nap? Right? If, you're, if there, you are have a day where like you're like, if I lay down, I would be asleep, you know, like within two minutes, you yeah. know? You get yourself a cup of coffee, you chug the cup of coffee, and you take a nap. And then the coffee will wake you up in, like, 15, 20 minutes.
2: Are you serious?
1: I set an alarm anyway because I don't trust that the coffee is going to do it. But you wake up, you come out of this nap. You, a, you just had a nap. B, you just had a cup of coffee. So you wake up and you're like, zing.
0: Apparently, I was just reading about it. Apparently, it's like the people were, like, testing it in, like, clinical trials and stuff. And it was working way better than, uh, than other stuff because caffeine takes, like, 20 minutes to get in your bloodstream. It's, like, the perfect, uh, perfect combination.
2: Yeah, because I'm looking for that combination of like more than caffeine, but less than cocaine, like <laughs> more than Adderall, but less than cocaine, <laughs> like somewhere, yeah,
1: somewhere right there. In if the I middle. could just stay yeah.
2: on that vibe mm-hmm. all the time. I'd like I'm to
0: like, be productive and also not develop an addiction to amphetamines if at all. Exactly.
2: Possible. <laughs> That's right. That's right.